0: On the Wreck Yard Women's Prison Podcast, where we are live on the Wreck Yard every Wednesday night. Hey, hey, everybody. We are on the Wreck Yard Women's Prison Podcast, and we are live here We're Wednesday live. night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm Marcy Marie.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm Toonchy. Sorry, I, I had to get a drink.
0: <laughs> Toonch. I didn't mean to set you up for failure right there the minute you picked up your cup, I set I myself
1: you... up for failure, honey, every it, time.
0: It, it happens. It happens <laughs> to the best of us. <laughs> We have some folks that were already hanging out with us before we even got started. So a big shout out to Heather Rainwater, Shaquille Oatmeal, Roxanne. Thank you guys so much for um, y'all were already kicking it in the chat. Carrie, we see you. Jerry, we see you. Laurie, man. Judy, I'm sure happy. Ella, yeah we're live. We're live
1: for the past three weeks. We had to pre-record because I couldn't get my life together in my scheduling for my training. So, but we're here tonight in person, live.
0: And we're so happy about it, but actually, actually it was for a good, important thing. So, uh, and furthering your um, advocacy career, furthering, uh, yeah, it was for the, the mission of the in the big picture, right? And they're making fun of us. Uh, Laurie said, are y'all really live? I think you're tricking us. So let me just throw her comment up there. So you guys can see. (laughs) It
1: it is is 702. You see that? Isn't this a gorgeous picture of Taylor? Look at that. Listen,
0: for those of you that aren't watching and you're just listening in, Toonchi's background cover on her iPhone, it's not of her an of Android. her family. It's not of her cat. It's it's Taylor
1: Swift. <laughs> With Taylor and her cat on the wallpaper on the home screen. And honey, correction, it's an Android. Don't compare me to you weird iPhone users. You oh know. see,
0: you're fixing to get us shut down. <laughs> People are going to start dropping off of the show. Oh boy! Because you said that, uh, man. We're we are really happy to be here. We definitely should talk about uh, what happened last week and what was going on. So let me see if I can get the timing right. All right
1: here we go. Here we go. Here we go.
0: <laughs> Tunchi, let's do a weekly recap. Okay, I'm not as smooth. And and I should say, Tunchi and I both. Um, haven't been feeling well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is brightening up our whole day. Honestly, it's been a, kind of a rough couple days with us. So we are really just so glad, uh, to have y'all. Toonch, how has your week been? Well, let
1: me tell you what I did last week. Okay. Uh, w- the reason why we couldn't be live last week is that myself and, um, Mandy, a fellow lioness, uh, she's our regional director for Austin. We went with Girls Empowerment Network to the MART facility. It's where um, the girls are incarcerated. The youth uh, are incarcerated and um, little bitty town outside of Waco. Honey, one day when you go, you'll see that the structures of the building are like Plain State. I mean, the, the layout is not Oh, you know, and when we walked in, Mandy was like, Are you okay? <laughs> it, because going into the youth facilities make me far more edgier um than the uh, women's facilities in Gatesville. And anyway, so we had group with them and they were able to ask questions like, you know, how did you feel when you were locked up? And, you know, I, I really loved one of the girls asked that, um, so how do you deal with um black and white thinking like okay, well, I already messed up, so screw it. I'm just going to throw everything away. Like, how do you deal with that? And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Like, I just, I saw my, we, I think I can speak for Mandy. We saw ourselves and heard ourselves um, in them. And uh, it just was a really, was just a really great time. Um, And then I also went to the college graduation in Gatesville at the Mountain View unit um, and saw a lot of people we knew there and spoke at their graduation. And that was on the program, Lioness Just Impacted Women's Alliance Project Director. So full acknowledgement um, by TDCJ who we are. And uh, it was just, it's been, it's been a lot lately. It's been a lot. Probably picked up a lot of cold germs. But that's probably why I don't feel good. All the wandering around everywhere, but it was well worth it.
0: I love that you guys were able to go into the youth facility. And I just want to remind our audience that um, Tunchi did time as a youth. She was incarcerated as a youth. So it was a it takes a brave person to walk back into um, an environment where you experienced so much trauma as a, as a young lady. And so like, I'm just so impressed with y'all for doing that and so proud of you. And I just know that I'm, I could tear up a little bit because I know you guys made an impact on those young ladies. Uh, you know, it's one thing when, you have made some bad choices or or and life has taken you down a path where you've made enough bad choices where you end up incarcerated and you have people rooting for you that have never done time it's another thing when you look at someone who has been where you were at and come out of those trenches you know and it just i think that it just offers a whole new level of hope jerry says she saw the graduation pictures on the mountain view unit and I will say that the Mountain View unit, they ha- are changing the name. Do you remember what I said
1: they were changing it to? Or well, don't I- get me started on that. Like, why? Why would they? If you're going to change the name, then change it to. Why didn't they change it to Miss Perryman, the board member who was the one of the first, if not the first, female board member for the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, and she just passed away recently. Why did you name it after a man? A board member? I, I just don't understand that. I don't get it. People are gonna think that's a men's unit. Very unhappy yeah, about it. I I agree.
0: Um, I agree. I and there and it was surprising news. You know who told me that is um the prison show when I was on the Radio show Friday night. They asked me what I thought about it, and I said, "Well, you're bringing me the information."
1: <laughs> maybe we so. I should. I, I want. I'm, I need to find the verification. and I'm not sure they're right, but I'm going to tweet something, and maybe we should tweet that at TDCJ. Is that why are you naming a female facility after a? I, I don't understand. You just had Miss Perryman pass away, who who did a lot of great things for the women. Uh, that's just dumbfounding to me. Right.
0: No, I, I'm in completely agreement. And the ladies aren't going to like it there. And Shaquille, we're not sure really why the name changed, probably because someone wanted to honor this man in some way. And they thought, huh, I don't know. <laughs> it just makes no sense. What is so um, a slightly humorous and not really a funny way, but more just a, I mean, we have all of these prisons that are named after men who have done pretty heinous crimes against humanity themselves um plantation owners and um men that were heavy into the convict leasing program and we have facilities named after them and now is an opportunity to really they could have changed that do you remember the man's name they're I asking think it's
1: in the- patrick o'donnell it and is if it so he served as the board chair i believe for a long time. Great. Name something. I just, I just, I just, Mountain View, I'm, you know, in my mind is home and it's, it's home to some really great women's programmings and it's got a lot of history, terrible history from the youth prisons. It started off as a youth prison, um, pretty atrocious, ended up being uh, where women with a lot of time served time and uh, turned into a very campus-like and I, I just don't understand why you had this woman that served on the board for so many years that just died. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that you would honor a ma- a man, a, a female unit like Gatesville when they na- when they changed the name of the Gatesville unit, they changed it to Christina Milton Crane. And you know, for what it's worth, Christina Milton Crane, she's over the organization doors in Dallas. She created that. I mean, she did some impactful. Things as a female leader in TDCJ, right? Um, I, I just it just blows my mind. I'm going to tweet about it and tag them in it, see what they yeah.
0: And you know, and Brandon's making a good point. He says, I don't think I want a prison named after me. Jerry said, That's not an honor to have a prison named, and so maybe I'm looking at it wrong, right? You know, <laughs> well, I mean,
1: to them, right? Like when right. they do they spend years in service and this is their career, um, it is a big honor. Uh, to them, and they have tried to replace the names um, from those units that have legacies, um, which all of them do. But legacies to to slavery and um, convict leasing, right? They've changed some of the names to more recent, current leaders in in administration. But I mean, if they're going to do it, then do it right. And I don't. I just it just makes me mad. It's just another instance of. Of men taking credit over something that has nothing. Well, get me yeah. started. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, but change of subject. Um, Roxanne's asking when when you go back into the system, and you've been several times now uh, for various reasons. Have you come across any officers that you knew, and have they showed appreciation or or being proud of you or?
1: Uh, some, some have. Some are very sweet and kind and thoughtful. And and this last time, uh, I just want to, gosh, and I everything in my soul just doesn't want to do this, Marcy. But I have to. Is that the warden at Mountain View slash Hilltop, Warden Lozado, is just an amazing human being. Like we, and it's not for show. It, it's consistently all the time. Uh, The girls ran up to me when we went down and looked at the Braille facility because the uh, plant manager down there was getting an award. They just ran up and hugged me. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, it's Jennifer. It's okay. Like, this is part of programming. And it's, you know, within reason, you know, but just people acting like they're human and in some sense of humanity. And I remember they were leaving Um, to go to lunch with the Braille people. And I said, well, I'll go wait in my car because graduation wasn't for another hour. She goes, go in the chapel. There's somebody in there and the girls are already in there. They're just waiting on their family. Just go in there and talk and and say hello to everybody. And I'm like, okay. Like, I mean, the difference on that unit is drastically different than Lane Murray and and Hobby.
0: Major Lozado
1: what she's a warden now, Mm -hmm.
0: but I I know her. I have, I have some experiences with her. Oh, well, has (laughs) she changed? Well, I don't know that she was really, um, I don't have a memory of her being particularly one way or the other, uh, except, you know, we, I was there, she was the major on Lane Murray when they started respite. Mm -hmm. And so respite basically is policy that, um, you know, when your friends text you during your live podcast, then they're out of line. They know that. (laughs) Anyways, um, so about the, it was the first summer we had respite, nobody knew about it. Mm -hmm. And so the next summer respite is basically, hey, y'all don't have air conditionings. And we acknowledge that it's 120 degrees in your dorm. So if you need a break and need some respite from the heat, then you can go sit in an air conditioned place. Well, we took, we started and, and we did it in, in masses. Like we would go through spurts where we would go around the dorm and try to get the whole dorm to go because it was take, it was our way to take a stance. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this is so, so the men filed a lawsuit at the Wallace pack unit. And, uh, this is your answer for us is we get to go sit in the air conditioned on the floor and not talk somewhere. You guys try to make it miserable enough that nobody wants to go. So we showed up and showed out. Um, anyways, it was one of the situations they weren't, weren't letting me go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and so she came and happened to walk the building. And I said, Major, your officers won't let me go to respite. She said, oh, you want to go to respite? Come on, come with me. And she took me to her office and set me in the floor in her office. <laughs> 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 and, and I sat there, you know, it was like a, a game of holdout. We were just you know, she was working, doing her thing, answering <laughs> phone calls on the computer. And I was sitting in the floor in the air conditioning. And, uh, it, it literally was like a, a game of holdout. She just thought, well, you don't want respite bad enough if you know, uh, but I'm too stubborn. I sat there for hours. So I'm glad, <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm glad that she's doing well.
1: <laughs> well, um, I, I you know, I'm, uh, I'm always very suspicious. Um, I've been through too much and you know, I'm, I'm suspicious even when I just see a gray uniform, right. Or blue shirt now. Um, but you know, I have to ask the girls, is this for show or is it like this or is this just for, and they're like, no. And and I don't know, maybe she grew into her leadership role where she saw the value in treating people decently to some degree, you know, um, I certainly don't hear that about the other units.
0: (laughs) Hey, one thing about it is if it's for show, our ladies on the inside are going to tell us they're not, it it might be a show when you're there, but I promise we're going to know about it because we're going to hear about it. Uh, If not, while we're there, I promise we'll hear about it in the mail. So uh, they're not getting away with that. Well, I didn't do a whole lot of work this past week. We had our big family Christmas party. Um, we do like a white elephant gift exchange. And I think in the drawing, there was 33 names. Uh, so we had 33 people here and <laughs> I hit oh. out on the front porch a lot. It's a lot of people for me. It's all, Mm -hmm. it's still my family gatherings like that are still just a little awkward because even though this is my third holiday season home, third, 21, 22, 23, is it my third? I got home in 21, in January of 21. So I guess it's only my second or is that third?
1: That's third. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, those folks I don't see, but once a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: it still feels like fresh out of prison me. Mm. Uh, does that make sense? I'm no, not yeah. comfortable at I'm- all.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, and know if any if any of you guys are watching or if y'all listen on your way to work, thanks for listening, fam. I love y'all. And it's not it's not about y'all. It's for sure about me. Uh, so, yeah, I get overwhelmed. And actually, it was enough people that Uh, I have another family member that has high anxiety and she had to bail. (laughs) She's like, I have to go. So, uh, but other than that, it was good. And I'm, I'm kind of going to take it easy. I think until the first of the year. We just have a few things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We need to talk. We need to talk after that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have big plans.
1: (laughs) It's like, honey, we've got. I need you to do some stuff for Linus.
0: <laughs> so we are talking about how smooth I ran into. What uh, We're talking about the great escape, Toonch. Now? We're talking about Robert Gancy Jr. just walking out the front door of the
1: Clemens unit last
0: just Sunday. Just walking
1: out. Just, just walking <laughs> out. Marcy, this, tell people exactly what happened.
0: Well, uh, this man was serving a... He was serving a life sentence without parole, uh, for a pretty heinous crime against a child. Um, it was continuous sexual assault of a child is what, and so he life, life sentence without parole. He gets called for visitation on Sunday, goes up there. His mother comes to visit him and she brings a hooded jacket, a hoodie sweatshirt, like something you're wearing like a you know <laughs> just a God. hooded sweatshirt and is able to pass it to him so she probably wore it in and as a yeah. visitor you can take your outer jacket off um, and somehow in that visitation room was able to get him in that sweatshirt and then and Shaquille says do they not have barbed wire around the prisons well they do They do have (laughs) barbed wire. They have fences and barbed wire and someone has to push a button to let you out. But she, the mom was a former correctional officer and she still had her ID, her correctional officer badge. Now she did not work on the Clemens unit. She worked on another unit, but she also brought that in and slipped that to her son. And when visitation time was over, he, they just got up, and he walked right on out the front door. Got buzzed out, buzzed out. Got in the car, and yeah, Lori, Lori said someone clearly wasn't doing their job. And I think that uh, people get kind of complacent in their in their jobs there, and so I I think somebody wasn't paying full attention because the ID may have been altered. They didn't. I haven't seen any. Um, Images of it, or no one has talked about if the ID was altered with a picture of him, or I don't know how those IDs, I don't remember those IDs having a unit name on them,
1: but I think they're just the, the, you know, they're horizontal and they're just their picture and it's red and it just Uh has their name. And so I imagine the person at the gate, right? Like, you know, I think it, women are not going to get away with that because they're so on us all the time, but we have different hairstyles. We have different, like, you know, the guys all look very much the same because they have to, unless they have a religious beard or a religious something with their hair, they have to keep their head almost shaved and no facial hair. So they're all got the same haircut, right? They all have the same look, you know, we're different and so we kind of stand out in their minds and plus they're just real petty with us anyway. So if you're at the gate it you wouldn't even think that somebody would have the audacity to just put on a hoodie and and just walk out with an ID that is a TDCJ ID and just walk out. I you know, I know what it's like to be. I remember when I worked at Goodwill, you know, you just kind of go on automatic, you're checking people Girl, somebody came in and got away with giving our cashier who had done this job for 10 years, Morrissey. She came to give the... Because whenever you got a $100 bill, you had to bring it to the back and have the manager cash it out with 20s. You couldn't keep it at the... at the. She goes, hey, I didn't call you earlier because you were busy. It was one of my regular customers. She goes, but I need to put this $100 bill in here. Oh, Lord. I, you know She made a joke about it being um, counterfeit. And my boss bunny if you're watching you remember this my boss looked at it she goes you're joking right i mean it was the paper was the color was but when you looked at the picture it was written in chinese and it had like one of the old communist leaders on it and it said a hundred dollars right we were like honey how did this get past you she was in tears she was like oh my god My It was a a customer that I knew well. They were talking to me. I I just glanced at it. It never even occurred to me. So you can get really complacent in a job. And I imagine somebody walking up with a TDCJ officer ID in in a blue, dark hoodie. You're not even going to think. I wouldn't. In bright white pants.
0: The pants that they're wearing are white. I didn't even think they were we, people were allowed to wear white pants to visitation.
1: Well, they're they're not, but if they were just tapping on the because when like when I go into hobby, they're just sitting in that little check in booth at the gate, and he's never even looked at me except from here up. Mm-hmm. And then when I walk through the gate to walk into the building, I mean, he's back talking to. Us. It's like you know Shawshank Redemption when he goes. I just wore the shoes in. When did, when does a man look down at another man's feet? And I'm like, Shawshank, he did the same thing. He, he wore the clothes under his stuff and wore them bright polished shoes right back to his cell. And nobody noticed the audacity.
0: Yeah. And you know what? That's how, when you were doing anything against the rules, passing food, whatever, um, you had to do it with like, like own it, like someone told you to do it. And so when you're walking with confidence and you have a confidence aura, people don't question that. And so that's probably he had some of that going on. I don't know. Um, Judy is asking, did they find him? Yes, he was only <laughs> gone for a day. And he was found only, I think they said, within 50 miles of the unit he escaped from. Uh, which just, that always really surprises me as well, uh, is that these folks escaped from prison. And, I, and I'm not saying I would... <laughs> Anyone who's ever been incarcerated has thought about how they would get away, (laughs) you know, and the game plan was never to go back to your hometown. Right. (laughs) It was to get the heck out of Dodge. But these folks, it seems like, frequently return to their hometown
1: and get caught up. Now, Marcy, we're talking about escapes tonight, and it's December. It's almost Christmas. The biggest the biggest escape of them all—the Texas Seven. Yes, the Texas—and I was locked up when the Texas Seven happened. I was too. Was I? <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> Girl, like, we were, we were mm-hmm. locked down for a big escape. Now you're. There was a yet. big. Yeah, there was. Um The McConnell Seven was in two thousand one, two thousand. Oh, it and was two thousand. Uh, yes. If you were locked up then, then you've been selling us a dream. No, I was <laughs> not.
0: It was it maybe when was there a four inmate, a four man escape? Um, or am I just making this up ahead? I, there was a big escape. That there, happened.
1: there was a big escape while we were locked up. Um, I can't remember. It didn't last long, but the the Texas Seven obviously was seven of them. And it was a straight military operation, girl. They planned this for months and they worked in maintenance. And as each maintenance man came back from lunch, they jumped him, tied him up, put him in the back. And until they had all the maintenance men dressed in their clothes, got in the maintenance truck, took their IDs and just drove out the gate. Now, what did they do after that? They didn't leave and, and split up and go their separate... They stayed together, robbed a sporting goods store in Arlington. I Was it on Christmas Eve? Yeah, I think it was Christmas Eve. Shot a police officer. And then they were on the run and they were found in your home state of Colorado. Because they all... They still stayed together. And they had this big shootout. One of them killed themselves... The others were rounded up, too. ran into the woods. All I think there's two left on death row because they all got death. And one of them had five years left on their sentence. It, it was, yes, most of them had big life sentences, but there was one that had five years left on their sentence. And they all got death because they killed that cop while they escaped. And um, it, it was precision. It, there was an escape from death row one time while I was locked up the first time there was an escape
0: from death row.
1: Yes. So before they moved death row to the unit, it's at now. And here's an interesting story. Okay. I'm full of stories tonight. So the, so these guys escaped death row and um, they had to make it over the top of the roof and another fence. And then they made it past the gate. One of them got hung up in the fence, but they made it past the gate. Well, they find the last one dead in a creek. Okay. They're like, oh, we got them all. They're all captured. Then they move death row and all that other stuff. But his girlfriend was on terror was at the terrorist unit with me. And do you know every year OIG would come visit her and say, Have you heard from his family? Do do they do ever do they ever contact you? And she's like, Why do y'all keep coming to ask me questions? He's been dead. You come every year. And they're like, well, it's just our follow up. And I said, well, that's weird. And she goes, I feel like he's alive. Now, I hope I don't get any knocks on my door tonight because that's all the information I had. But it, she was very suspicious because they continued to ask her very pointed questions about his family and where he grew up and, and all that. Um, but yeah. How odd. Yeah. That
0: he was, why would they continue the investigation?
1: Right. And that's what she said. I remember when they came to see her, we were standing outside the um, office uh, near the chow hall at Terrace. And she was like, I just don't know why they keep coming to talk to me if he's dead. I was like, well, I guess he's not dead.
0: (laughs) Jerry Tucker is in the chat and she's talking about we get punished for what they did.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, that is a hundred percent reality. Whenever something like this happens, it affects every incarcerated person in Texas. Um, especially when it's these bigger ones, like the, um, of course the buses escape last yeah. summer, Yeah, that was a horrible, horrible, tragic escape. Um, and in yep. that one,
1: mm-hmm. I Sh- just
0: tell them, Well, I just still can't, I can't not believe that staff wasn't
1: somehow a part of that. There's no, I don't, I just, it doesn't make sense how he would have got to that, that door in the bus. Right. And for those of y'all that don't know that story, he, he got out of his handcuffs. (coughs) Oh,
0: honey. Yeah. He, he, Gonzalo Lopez He was in a harness that had a, it's like a little black box harness. So he's, he has handcuffs around his ankles. He has shackles and he has a chain from there going to his waist, a chain around his waist. And then he's handcuffed and his wrists are handcuffed also to that shackle. And so somehow now, I have also heard that it's not uncommon for incarcerated men to have keys, right. handcuff keys. Yeah. So it is possible that he smuggled a handcuff key in there um, and just let himself out of there. But even then, you're in a locked cage in a bus. Right. So something,
1: I, I just... Mm, it's just, I there's just no way he could have got through that. Oh, they said he cut through it. There's no way you can't cut through that. It's not like you would have to have a blowtorch to cut through that. I don't. And then he went on the run and ended up killing what, five people? Five people, an
0: entire family.
1: It was a horrific, it
0: was a horrific escape. It was horrible. I mean, and he was doing the kind of sentence that desperate people act desperately. And this escape where this man, Robert Yancey just walks out, you know, he's looking at never being free again. He is thinking very desperately. He, and I, it could have ended very tragically with, with him as well. And that's the first thing I thought of when I read that he was, uh, serving that big time, that life sentence. Now he's facing charges, escape charges, (coughs) And that really probably doesn't matter too much to him. But his mother and his mother's boyfriend apparently helped with that plan. And now they're both facing charges. Uh, yeah. Arrested
1: and... Well, and like we said about, you know, Caitlin Armstrong. Now that you've got an escape, you're going to be housed in Cell Blog forever. That's it. I mean, you know, I it, I guess people on the outside don't understand there's a huge difference between being in cell block housing versus less restrictive housing, like a dorm. It is a huge difference. And I just can't even imagine, Marcy, I had, I just now remembered, I had a terrible dream last night. I have reoccurring dreams that I have ended up back in prison with no clear idea how, with another sentence. I just remembered that because I was thinking of how horrible I felt in my dream when I was like, I've discharged everything. They're like, not this new tin that you have. And I said, what? I can't even imagine. I can't even
0: imagine. A new ten piece. How odd. I dreamt this week, and maybe it's because we've been not feeling well, um, that I was incarcerated, but I don't know that it was necessarily on a new sentence. Like I, I wasn't there in my dream. Um, but there was a tornado and I had to take cover. I took cover in the corner on the inside corner of the dorm. So it was like closest to the center of the building as a whole, (sighs) And I was there crouched against the wall, and the officer was pounding on the picket door telling me to rack up, rack up, rack up. But I just knew because my cubicle was on an outside wall that that wasn't safe, you know? And I remember just staying there and and just that officer pounding and pounding. Isn't that strange? Um, and Lori says
1: that wasn't a dream, Toonch. That was a nightmare. It was I And I have those a lot. And, and I just, I don't know how I ended up there. And I realized it, that feeling I had that I got locked up the second time when I woke up and knew that everything was gone. My college, my job, my home, my little kitty cat, everything was gone. And I knew I was going back to prison for a long time. That feeling when I woke up on that floor after having been drunk out of my mind and now I'm sober and I know it was like waking up out of a dream. And into a nightmare. And, um, that feeling that I had that, fe- Oh God, that feeling waking up in that room. That's what it feels like in those dreams. Like, Oh my God, what has happened? Um, yeah. And, and so I can't imagine going back there and I can't imagine ever when we were there. And I know that you did time in cell block, but I just, I couldn't imagine that being my whole life. And, the, and these people with these big sentences, that's going to be their whole life, trapped in those cells. And it's just, what a suffocating feeling, you
0: know? And everybody in the chat's talking about uh, that they have those same kind of dreams, that they've been home for years, and um, that that's normal, and but it is, it is an ugly feeling. My wife is also watching. I love you, Brittany. <laughs> I see you. Um, she's watching from work. She's probably not supposed to be watching. <laughs> Let me get her name off the, <laughs> yeah. So I think that that is normal to have those kind of dreams, but yes, those folks with that escape charge are going to be doing their time, not it much harder, much harder than they had to, and I can't imagine you telling me one of the Texas seven had only five years left and then got that charge. So you know, I have a friend that has an escape charge. Um, she she was on a, I think a ten year sentence, and she just said something just came over her. She was an outside mm-hmm. trustee. And something just came over her. And in her case, she was allowed. She was trusted to go outside the gate. So she, was, she didn't have to do anything or, you know, sneaky like this guy. She just was able to walk out because that was her job. And she said she just got out there and couldn't return. And it ended up she had added quite a bit more time. She ended up doing 30 years
1: uh, total with that escape well, charge. I had a girlfriend. My first... TDCJ girlfriend. Her name was Jenny Butler, wherever she, she was older too, by the way. So anyway, that's a whole story to tell one day, but, but she was telling me that um, when she was younger, she was a trustee and this was back before they changed rules about escape charges. Cause once they did that, she wouldn't have ever been working maintenance and living in the dorm. But um, she too was just one day, uh, at the trusty camp on their rec yard where there is a fence or there was a fence at the time. And, um, she just, and because those fences are kind of curved. They don't have razor. They're just those curved fences. She just, she just started climbing it. <laughs> she just climbed it and took off running. And she said, all the guard do- did was step out. Cause there weren't towers just stepped out and said, Hey you stop. <laughs> and that was it. And she just kept running <laughs> She got somewhere wow. and used a phone and her boyfriend picked her up. And I mean, she was caught like a week or two later. But I said, why would you do that? She goes,
0: I don't know. It just came over me. <laughs> so, because it's not, it's your, it goes against your natural human instinct to be confined. So it is your natural instinct to try to get out. You, you have to. I mean, you accept where you're at, but there's still something in you that is like, how do I get out of here? Any cell I have ever been in, I have looked around like, how would I get out? Well, I wouldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, right. you know, but, um, Brandon's saying about the crazy thing about that guy, Robert Yancey Jr. Is that he hadn't been in custody with TDCJ for that long. So for him to have come up with that plan and that's
1: right, he had only done about two years on his life sentence. Well, he realized real quick, I don't want to be here. And, and you know, like you said, your mind, even if you don't have the intention of escaping, you, you still think, and I think maybe this, especially as a kid, it's what helped me not f- lose my mind is because wherever I was at, I immediately assessed it of how I could get out. You know, and maybe not get far, right? Mm -hmm. But so to me, it was reframing it like, well, I'm not really locked up because I could get out of here if I wanted to. Now, whether that was a delusion or not, you know, and again, you may not get far, uh, but it was still always like, okay, well, now I've already looked at it and this is the way I could actually get out of here if I had to.
0: (laughs) Right. I used to just always think, man, if something crazy happened... And the world ended in some form or fashion, we would just be stuck in here. Yeah. Like how would, how would we get out of this room, me and this 101 other ladies in this dorm where we can't get out of a door? Do you think we could have all come together and figured out how to get out of that building? No.
1: (laughs) well, and if you've ever seen any of the, the, um, versions of the stand, there's a Pretty good scene at one of the characters going is trapped. I think one of the characters is in a jail cell when this plague happens, or if you you know watch The Walking Dead, the season that they go to the prison unit, but the prison unit had been blown up because of of the chaos. But in the stand, you know, this guy is trapped in his cell, and he finally finds somebody that comes through that he can convince to get it. And I just remember thinking, oh man, what a horrible fit, and then I end up in 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 jail, but yeah, I mean, I used to tell my friends all the time, I'm like, first of all, when um, swine flu came through, I said, girl, it can you imagine if something worse happened than this? We would not be able to get away from it, right? Which ended up being true. Mm-hmm. I i can't even imagine what y'all went through when COVID happened. But it is that feeling of, you're done. If a fire breaks out, if if a deadly disease breaks out, Y'all are trapped in that room. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you can be resourceful as you know and delusional, but how realistic would that be? I mean, I don't think very realistic.
0: Well I don't know. I, let's just hope that doesn't happen. If in the event of some sort of natural disaster, I'm driving to Gatesville and helping my girls out. <laughs> 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 if, something, if it goes down, I'm going to that picket and hitting those buttons and opening those doors. Um, Jerry said she never thought about escape. Now, she had a big sentence. She did big time. She said she wanted to be free legally. But she could have never done that to her family like an escape. And I remember thinking that as well when when somebody would say something, I would say, What am what am I gonna do? Leave all my kids? Like right. Cause <laughs> you, you know. can't
1: if you wanna stay free, if you wanna make a successful escape, you You can't go back to your family. You can't. It's like in the movies when somebody goes into witness protection. They're like, you have to say goodbye to everything. You can never. Because they are watching. They never stop watching and looking. You can't make even the slight. Y'all have seen all the Dateline and true crime shows like, oh, it's been. 15 years and they decided to call their mother from a payphone in Mexico and that was it immediately, like immediate. And then they were caught.
0: Well, I wouldn't, I would go to one of the countries that don't extradite to Texas because of our poor inhumane prisons. <laughs> I wouldn't go to Mexico. Mexico will send them right back. You better think uh, further away than that, Brandon said he was always praying for a t- tornado when he was at the transfer units because they were made out of tin. And I'll tell you what, I have prayed for tornado during storms in prison. Like, just come knock knock it out, just come knock all these walls down. Right. <laughs> Which is probably why I have those dreams. Uh, yeah, and that's what Carrie says. You cannot go back to your um, your life at all. Nothing no, no communication. And Roxanne says that we were locked down when swine flu came through two man rooms and her roommate actually contracted it. So very it
1: scary. scary. It was me and Priscilla and my friend, Lisa Hickman, the three people out of the, what, 33 people in the dorm that did, and was a lived next to me and she didn't have somebody on her other side. It was the toilets and the sinks. And she had this little squirt bottle of bleach and it was during the Christmas hall. So we had two weeks off Braille and, and school people had had two weeks off and we just watched it. And I was marking people's name and we just sat on our, so we shared a wall. It was one of those cubicles where we actually shared a wall next to each other, where it's mm-hmm. not like just arm links. So we just sit there we cooked, we had our food, we, we didn't leave. We'd use the bathroom and take a shower when everybody else was asleep. We wiped everything down and I, I, and I kept people away from us in our window crack. I said, cause you're watching everybody in the dorm catch the swine flu and um, pneumonia. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. And that, that was 2000, God, 12, somewhere around there. It was, it was horrible. Shaquille says she understands
0: a mother's love, but helping your child escape a prison is a big no no. But let's talk about a mother that's a former correctional officer and how her time will be now. I mean, this is made big news. The people in prisons know that this happened, her picture is blasted
1: everywhere. Now, she, I want to know Marcy, did yeah. she get that job? Did she, how, when did when was she a guard? Did she get that job just for that ID?
0: Oh, what a great question. It says former man, if that was the case and she plotted it out that hard, I'm looking right now to see, but it didn't really say. It just said that she was a former correctional officer on another unit. And I want to see if I can find her name is Leonore Pristel or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It says gave old work badge, but it doesn't say,
1: I don't know if I can find it quick enough. Hey, because if y'all want to see a good escape movie, it's one of my favorites. It's called The Next Three Days with Russell Crowe, and he's breaking out his wife who was wrongfully convicted. Of this, her co-worker's murder, and he is plotting how to get her out of this, out of the jail. I mean, like it is, it is so good. Like it is, and it's real ways that like you could really possibly. It's a great movie. You should see it.
0: <laughs> They're asking, as a former correctional officer, especially one that was so recently employed, uh, will she go to Ad seg? And definitely, yes, yes. I want to say the shirt, I mean, she'll, she'll go to protective rest- custody. Yeah. Protective custody, which is it that solitary confinement. It It is articles said she was a CO from 2010 to 2011. Thank you, Jenny Clark. Thank I was God. not finding it quickly uh, enough. That would have really been something. Jenny was you- fast. I should have <laughs> got
1: you to do the sleuth and on my ex-girlfriend, man. Yeah. It was fast. Yeah. Um,
0: and Shaquille makes a good point. Normally when you leave your job, you have to turn in your old badge. Um, and she's had to do that a couple of times. And I tell you what, I worked for just I worked for a company store inside of a um a business that made fighter jets for Lockheed Martin. Ooh, so damn. it was kind of a high security, right? And I remember when I left that job, my boss walked out to my car to get my badge she was like "Uh uh-uh this like you know that they took it pretty serious and leonora
1: kept hers because she was like i'm gonna need this month someday in the future
0: she said i better hold on to this (laughs) just in case something happens uh and then i just want to say robert yancey jr sir and not i don't know just based on your charges sir that's a whole different story um That I don't know about, but what I do know about is you recruited your own mother to help you do something that has now landed her in prison and, uh, shame on you. Shame on you for that because no mama deserves that.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, I just, I can't imagine doing that. Anything that would risk my mama. Yeah. You know, uh, now, I have no idea. I have no idea. I do want to say he has a yucky charge. He has continuous sexual assault of a child. And for the Clemens unit to have let this man just walk out, the impact that that had on that family, his victim's family as a whole, I just can't imagine I just can't imagine what they've already been through. And then to know that he w- had walked out and was uh, whatever, whatever kind of things go through your mind. Um, yeah. You know, and when I did that video, I just did a video about the escape on TikTok, and people were just like, I hope that little girl's family finds him first, you know, but I just think, There was just the ripple effect of that is a lot more than just, hey, I got away for a day. Like, I I just think that you caused a lot of trauma. And now your mother and then her poor boyfriend. (laughs) How did you get sucked in? Just going along
1: with the flow. Yeah. How in the world did you get sucked in
0: to that? Well,
1: I mean, it's like a, it's that group whatever, just like the guy with the Texas seven. I mean, he just got caught up in this group dynamic that he just, I also watched a a documentary. If y'all have not seen it, it's on Peacock. I wish Peacock would pay us for the shout outs here, Mm -hmm. but it's called the Pike County murders. And it was a whole family that plotted against one of their ex girlfriends over custody stuff and killed her entire family eight people and it's like where what happened in this this family this group dynamic that y'all all got wrapped up in this like this like a group psychosis you know so it's like once a group starts formulating insanity it it just takes over everybody's mind yes Audrey Lee, it's like a mob mentality.
0: And Shaquille Oatmeal's bringing up a good point. This is the second escape on the Clemens unit in two months time. And now the first escape, the Clemens unit has a trustee camp with it. So it has the main, the main building that's, they do house G4, G3, G2, and it's inside of the fence and the razor wire and all of that but then they also have outside and that's a trustee camp and there are no fences. And so he, that man that escaped a couple months ago, he just walked and he was found not very long after, Um, you know, he didn't plan very well, I guess.
1: Marcy, I just remembered, I just remembered, (laughs) you know, this doesn't happen often at the women's units, but when it does, other than, you know, my trusty girlfriend a hundred years ago, jumping over the fence, um, again, not violent, just sudden, right? So, <laughs> and if Diane, if me, if Diane is still watching, this affected her too. It affected me and, uh, someone else, but it was, um, maybe 2016. Yeah. Around there. Um, someone that had been there a long time, she's still there. Uh, She went to volunteer to go clean visitation because there was no SSI janitor to clean visitation. There wasn't one assigned. They just had people doing extra duty on the weekends. And of course, everybody wanted to because you eat all the snacks that people leave in the trash can, right? And a lot of times family, they can't eat it. They can't take it with them. They'll just throw a whole package of something in the trash. So Helen, she uh, goes up there to do her duty. She she does it every weekend. Everybody knows. Helen been here a 100 years. So she's getting out there to get in the trash, okay? This girl takes the trash, goes to... So Mountain View's visitation is a dorm where protective custody is here and the visitation's here. But if the gate pops, there's two gates. Pop, and then the outer gate pop. And the picket is right there. Right there. Now, the trash cans are across the street by the parking lot she just goes out gate pop gate pop like a like an outside trustee just walks out puts the trash in the trash can walks back in doot doot finishes cleaning goes to her dorm now the guy in the picket was kind of new he was a nice guy he was kind of new and the lady that was running visitation that was still there she was somewhat new So the whole squad boss was in the parking lot because he had been doing visitation earlier. He had been doing whatever and he was getting in his car and he knew that Helen had a life sentence. He said, what the hell (laughs) calls? She gets put in handcuffs, taking a seg. And so, um, anyway, she got wrote up for out of place. So she comes to me and she's like, I want to write a grievance because they let me out. They've been letting me out of the gate the whole time I've been up there doing extra duty because they don't want to go take the trash. And I said, Helen, if you think that they're... Now, they did fire the guy in the picket. Boop, you're gone. Um, but they were saying that she had tricked them. Right? Because they didn't know her that well. They were new officers. Well, I want to write this. I, I want to agree this. And um, I said, Helen... If you can win this on a technicality because it's it's not out of place, it's an escape. Well, I, no, they're going to... So we write the little grievance. They She gets her case dropped. Well, you know what happens when you get a case dropped on a grievance. They can just refile it. They just rewrite it. Girl, now, I don't think they wrote her up for escape. I don't know what they wrote her up for because they come and packed her up and shot her off to Lane Murray. And then she ended up down in Galveston because she's got health problems. But they wouldn't call it as, and they they were like, "Now, we, Helen, we we feel like that, you know, maybe you were trying to kill yourself, right? That you had walked out the gate to get shot." And she's like, "No, I didn't. I walked out to take the trash." So we all get job changes. Those of us that had been in our job longer than a year, I'd been in the library for almost ten years. Diane had been in risk management for a couple years. And then Maria had been somewhere. It just the three of us. So we all got switched around in our jobs. Um, but then they eventually let me back in the library. But that's an escape on the women's unit. That's it. And she, it, it, she, she came back in. You're on mute. Your sound's gone, bro. How's that? I don't know. There you are. I hear you now how weird. (laughs)
0: Um, No, she was just taking the trash out. I don't know. They had been doing it. I saw escape charges. This is what escape charges I saw. I saw one woman who was trying to get housed. She wanted to be housed because her girlfriend was housed. And so she had drawn plans up of the, buildings like the unit buildings and put notes to make it look like she was doing something and then dropped an i60 which is just like a report form to and telling on herself like <laughs> like an anonymous one you know nice. and and it worked and she got charged with um what I don't know it wasn't actually escape because she didn't escape but there's an attempted escape there's something <clears throat> else conspiracy to escape or something like that. Um, And then I saw one for we would pop our doors a lot. And so we would call it pop our door. Is your door popped? Is your door popped? So in cell block, you could, there was a couple different ways to do it. And, but you could fix your door to where it closed, but it didn't lock. So you would just get it to that point where it would just click a little and then you could open it when it was time. And why would you want to do this? For There's several reasons. If you're in population and you're in the day room and you have to go back to, if you have to go to the ladies room, if whatever, you, you have to wait for an officer to, to decide when you can go back in your cell. But if your doors pop, you can hop in there. Um, if you're in cell block, what we used to pop our doors for cold water because we weren't getting cold water. The cooler was just sitting out there. So, I mean, the officers just almost knew about it and (laughs) like half the time Mm -hmm. didn't even care because then they didn't have to go pass out water. Uh, So, and of course, some people pop their doors to sneak in each other's cells or that kind of thing too. But that's I've seen people get housed for an escape charge for that for popping your doors, uh, tampering with the locking mechanism. Uh,
1: For dumb stuff. And it's mm -hmm. like none of these women had any real intention to escape. It was just dumb stuff that they get caught up in. Over-policed, right? Like disciplining us far beyond what's necessary. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we are not going to see... Uh, you guys again before the Christmas holiday,
1: right? (laughs) That's correct. Next next Wednesday is the 27th. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Marcy, I'm going to be... Where am I? (laughs) Oh. Well, I'm I'm not... We're going to have to do a recorded video because I'm going to be traveling. I'm sorry. I'm fucking up. Oh, I said <laughs> profanity, here, and sorry.
0: you used the F word. Man, I hope no like YouTube that. doesn't
1: care. YouTube, the the trolls that that that
0: they don't care about the comment section. They don't. Yeah. Well, um, we'll figure that out. But I think that we should do some kind of New Year's, New Year's, new new either resolutions. What kind of resolutions did you have when you were incarcerated? Yeah. Um
1: good one
0: yeah and then how we celebrated New year's in there because we got crunk on yeah. New year's y'all we really did um with the confetti and all that good stuff
1: it sounds so, that sounds good
0: okay guys so thanks everybody we saw y'all lighten up <sighs> the chat room. We appreciate you guys more than you know. Uh, Tunch and I will be back next Wednesday night. Guys, we won't be live next Wednesday. <laughs> after that, probably.
1: <laughs> on point, on point, on point after the holidays.
0: And um, until then, we will see you all. Thanks again for joining us. If you, and I didn't say this before because you know why? Stephen's not here. He let me know he couldn't be here. And he's the one who reminds us to hit that like button. He does. Hit the share button. Thank you for commenting. If you're listening wherever you hear your favorite podcasts, please do. Um, hit, hit that review button when you're finished. We appreciate you guys more than you know. See y'all next week. For hanging out with us on the Rec Yard Women's Prison Podcast with Marcy Marie and Tutti. Make sure and subscribe to our channel so you'll never miss a rec night.